I am unashamed. What about you? So I'm sitting in the um, Atlanta airport, which I do quite frequently. Uh, Atlanta, Dallas. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and you know, pl- flight delayed. Of course, you know, I think we've only had two out of the last fifteen or twenty that everything worked perfectly. But I look up, and here I see Sai first. You know, hard to miss. He just he comes kind of rushing up because. He he would have probably y'all would have probably missed the flight. I don't know if it had been on time, but he went. Oh yeah, we were running through the airport. So I see Sai come at first, wheezing, you know, yeah. with his COPD. Wow! Oh, oh boy! You know what's weird about Sai is he does that. You know when he it exerts energy, right? And uh, he says it's the thirty years of, of smoking, which you know he his lung capacity, which he quit. He's been he hadn't smoked a cigarette in how many years? I mean, and you're you were instrumental in that. That's right, fifteen or twenty. You know, they opened Since his he heart, had a heart up. Attack, yeah, yeah, he had a heart attack while we were duck hunting, and he said, "Boys, I think I just had a heart attack." Well, we all laughed because you know I thought he was kidding, and he was like, "No, I really did." And so only a Robertson, so we're like, only a Robertson would laugh when someone says, "I think I just had." Well, a you heart remember, Phil was like, "Do you want us to take you out?" And he said, "No, nah, let's finish the hunt, and then I'll go get it checked out." Like, so three hours later, I call up there to check on him. Oh no, they're doing open heart surgery on him immediately. I mean, he's like, "Boys, they busted my chest open." Hey, <laughs> I was in there when the surgeon came in and told him. He said. Uncle Sai called him Uncle Sai, which I thought was funny. When he's fixing the cut on Sai, and he says, Uncle Sai, he said, I'm just, I'm going to shoot straight with you. I'm fixing to crack you open. We're going to get this thing fixed. He said, but if you keep smoking in yeah. about three or four years, we're going to be right. If you survive the next one, we're going to be right back here again. So he, yeah, so he quit. He quit, but, anyway, but then he's, he kind of started smoking cigars or something. Dad finally just yeah, got so I said, hey. Get off the spot. And you know, he never smoked another. He did. I remember he was in the duck blind. It was like a a brother intervention. Yeah. You know, he's like, Sai, we like you around here. Hey, you can't walk 10 yards without going, whoa. Hey, <laughs> wow. Good. You know, last year he, he got so bad. You know, I had to carry him on my back to the to the duck hole. I remember. And I was like, get on my back, Sai, you know, which I was surprised. I mean, he weighs about 70 pounds, you know. Oh, he's skinny. I told him, I said, we'll get you there, the blind. I said, you know, we had to tote you. We'll hire a couple of guys that tote you in here. <laughs> but, you know, we did a, back when we were doing Duck Dynasty, I told him, I was like, you got to, I know this is like, this is a little crude. I said, but if you ever could capture size when he goes, just when he goes to the bathroom and does number one, I don't even want to talk about number two. I was like, it is a full play-by-play. Oh, of boys. Just, oh, and I don't know who the boys are, but, but the boys are getting the play-by-play. Yeah. Woo-yee. Because at Duck Commander, look, you can hear through the walls where the bathroom is right beside where we build the duck hall. And every day, look, and it's literally once an hour. Because I'm like, you think that heart thing was a problem? You need to look into whatever's the causing plumbing. this. We got some plumbing off. issues. He's running. Check out the old prostate. And he goes in there, but he's like, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, whoa. I mean, and he comes back, and I was like, Sai, I have never heard anything like that. I mean, what did you eat last night? He's like, oh, no, I was, that was just number one, boy. <laughs> well, anyway, so. I don't know how we steer. But next time size, I will have to see how he's doing with that. But uh, 
So I'm in the airport. Lisa and I are first I see Cy. Then I look up, and here comes Jace. Yeah. And then right after that, it's Philip McMillan carrying a big bag of grub, you know. So, and they're all got their camo on. Of course, you know, it's just as soon as they show up, it Did turns Did you realize in. we had matching outfits? Yeah, on? I yeah. did not. That was not planned. I mean. <laughs> I thought it was like mini me and. Oh, it was embarrassing. <laughs> and so so I was like, what are y'all doing here? So so tell us about what Look, you're doing. So we go to Richmond, Virginia. This was a Duck Commander uh, Yeti production. They wanted us. We, I do one event for them because they've always, you know, sponsored me and been good to me. And then Duck Commander was like, hey, I mean. How about a little something for the for the effort? So y'all go to Richmond, Virginia. There's a store there. Uh, I think it's named Green Top, which it had a green top. And so me and Sal si were just basically going to sit there and do like a meet and greet. So we get there. There are thousands of people. I mean, we're driving through this sea of humanity. And I rolled down the window like, what are y'all doing? They're like, oh, we're in line to see y'all. I was like. Are you nuts? <laughs> Have you ever well, waited in line to see anybody? No, I, I've said this many times. I mean, this is no. Which is humble. I mean, it's, we're humble, but still. Yeah, I'm like, there's no. I'm waiting in line for Jesus, and that's about it. The The list is, is short, <laughs> you know. So I'm embarrassed that people do this. But I bring that up just to say that the number one, you know what the number one topic of conversation was this podcast. And so it made me feel a lot better huh. about doing this. So there was a lot of people that had been inspired. Uh, we had numerous people come up there in tears, wanted us to pray with them, which is what's so weird is we're at, we're at a store. It's not like we're at a church building, you know, and we're having all these people that some of them want to be baptized. And, you know, I'm like, look. That's the way it ought to work, Jace. Yeah. That's right. I was like, I'm kind of in a tight spot here as far as making that happen. But, you know, I and y'all have heard me say this many times. I'm like, if you fall in love with Jesus, you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. You Plus, know, when, you, when you, if you have the resurrection on straight and your faith is in it, uh, in the Bible, it's presented the resurrection as the centerpiece immortality you have that on straight it's only then that you can maybe grin or smile when someone tells you your your brother has just had a heart attack your sitter has your sister has just passed on to the other side right we're looking at it like we've been delivered from a fear of death because jesus shared in our humanity and by his death he destroyed him or was the power of death right that is the devil who in hell captive those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. If you don't fear death, cause Jesus, he says, look, I am the, I'm the way I'm the truth. I'm the life. I am the resurrection. You look at yeah. it that way. And you're like, life does not seem to, the bumps are not as severe as you right. go forward out. Well, by like the way, the, the people you said you talked to in Virginia, uh, there was a guy from Virginia, uh, he and the, the girl he was dated, I, I, I gave him sound advice. How are you doing? Pretty good. You're from Virginia. Good to see you. He said, I've come all the way down here, Mr. Robinson, to be baptized by you. And I said, hey, welcome. I said, is that your wife? And she, he said, he said, we're dating right now. I said, don't get in her britches anymore until, <laughs> you, go. Un, until you marry her. He said, we've already discussed that. <laughs> he said, how did you know that? I said, I just put that in there so you can know. You are to live a holy life in Christ Jesus. 
I said, look, marry her. I said, yeah. marry her or get away from her. If you can't get away from her, just marry the woman and get after it. Well, that's good sounding, but I tell people that, you know, I think. I said, pe- you're fixing to say Jesus is Lord before yeah. I baptize you up there in that pool of water. I said, you need to remember it's repent and be baptized. I said, you know, that's not right. He said, of course. I said, marry her. So uh, we're always on the lookout for uh, emergencies. They could be weather related. They could be, you know, who knows related. Uh, Preparation is uh, is what a lot of folks are into. And the the folks at My Patriot Supply, they are into preparation of food. So this bucket here contains a four-week food supply. Uh, So, you know, the food lasts about 25 years. (laughs) Every time you say that, it makes me laugh. I know, but it's true. And so they're like in these vacuum-packed deals. And so like floods, floods, droughts. droughts, uh, This is like even a couple of weeks, two to three weeks worth would be very advantageous for people. A hurricane's just blown by. That's right. You know, if you got some of it buried, something to eat. They're They're trying to bridge the gap of like perishable foods with right. like heavenly f- foods you always thought about the manna and the quail that mm-hmm. god provided so this you know because he can just do that whenever. some kind of catastrophic event having grub on the scene is would be important would be very important that last 25 25 years. years in storage you got breakfast lunch and dinner so here's the deal if you act now you can save 100 bucks on a four-week supply food kit which looks like this uh if you order today you get two-day delivery uh They'll bring it right to your door. And it's four weeks supply. Four weeks so if supply. If you bought 12 of them, so you're going to save 100 bucks. No, you'd have a whole year. That's right. So go to preparewithfill.com. That's the website, preparewithfill.com. There's a difference between paranoia and preparedness. These people are just saying, just be prepared be just prepared. in case. Nothing with wrong a with slight hint of paranoia. Just a slight. Which yeah. fits right in with us. Perfect. Prepare with. Preparewithphil.com. Save 100 bucks. But I, I think for people listening, it. I mean, you give people advice. I mean, ultimately, it's up to everyone, individual, to figure this out, you know, to get hooked in on right. Jesus. And we all struggle. But one of the things I do in my speeches is I, I, you know, tell your advice you gave to me. You know, you went through all the sexually transmitted diseases and, you know, keep everything in your pocket till you get married. You know, you had all these slogans, you know, and I was like. Yeah, don't be immoral. Sexual immorality yeah. is used at the top of all the list of sins, yeah. right, Al? That's well, exactly then I make right. the point that you gave me that speech. I was like eight years old. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I had no idea what you were talking about I was whatsoever. Tr- I was trying to instill in you the <laughs> oh, dangers, the dangers. It worked. It worked. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, look, of all the things I've gotten wrong, because we're all flawed you know the one thing i i managed to do it was you know the first sex i had with a woman was my my wedding night yeah and uh but through that i've now gone out there and look it's our our job not we're not we're not the policemen of the world we're we're you know god's grace men and women we're we need god's grace That's and correct. we share jesus and we we stay out of the judge you can't make them do anything no you That's stay right. out of the judging business we're not policemen you know and i think a lot of religious groups get that wrong right but you also promote things that were god's idea that are awesome so i mean you know in my speeches i'm saying you know let me tell you about the greatest sex in the world well look every time i say that everybody 
I have everyone's full attention at that moment. I said, do you want to know how you can have the greatest sex on the planet? You can hear a pin drop. That captures people's attention. Then I go through the God-sanctioned, disease-free, comparison-free, guilt-free, shame-free between a man and a woman who's known no other sex outside of this one night as a married couple. And even though it's not this romantic TV version of bliss, it's more like the biological experiment, there's something to be said about doing it God's way that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, th- there's no I shame. Didn't, because I, Phil Robertson, did not do it God's way to begin with. I said, well, at least I can instill in my children, you boys, I said, I can instill in these sons of mine the right way so uh, well i think it gives young people motivation i do it for the young people it gives them motivation to wait because i'm like you want to have the greatest sex on the planet here's the plan it is the only and they're like oh okay well who don't want to be the greatest you know (laughs) that's right (laughs) but it is when you look at all those factors even people in the world will agree with that if you had to if if you compared it you know to the sex you can have in that realm that is pretty special. Well, kudos to Texas because I spoke out at a rodeo arena, you know, dirt out in the middle, and they rode bulls, had a bull riding deal. Then they took a tractor, pulled a stage, a trailer, up out on the dirt, and the people came out of the stands and came down, roughly 5,000 or so. So they all, and I looked out at them, and I said, hmm, a lot of young people out here. So I said, <coughs> I just stood up at the mic and I said, I want to know, raise your hand if you've never told a lie. For the ones of you who have never told a lie, raise your hand. And I looked out across the audience, 5,000 people, a lot of young people. And I looked from left to right. And no one raised their hand to say, I've never lied. I said, I only ask you that question, raise your hand if you've never lied, to see if you would say, I've never lied, which means you just did, <laughs> which would be a sin. I said, you Texans are pretty wise. So the bottom line is that's where I started, you know, and yeah. I, en- I ended up with the good news of Jesus. Here's what God has done for you. I, I did note that there were a lot of young people in the audience out of the 5,000, way more younger people than older people, which I thought, That's a, this is a good thing here. And I did note that they paid careful attention to what I was saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In other words, yeah, well, it's the same they effect paid we careful have. attention. I thought, you know what? There's still hope for the United States of America. And that was in kudos to the Texans over in East Texas, yeah, Tyler, for stealing something in their children. So I saw some of the videos. The guy uh, Ben who went with you filmed some of it from behind you. And so that whole middle section right in front of you looked like they were all like teenage girls. Teenage girls. I mean, there was a big throng, mighty throng and of teenage old, girls. Old gray beard here. <laughs> I, I mean, well, I, that was like Mick Jagger. That's there. what I was going to say. the The event. I mean, I, I figured out you know a long time ago, but it just reiterated it when I was in Richmond with Sai. It's not about us. I mean, these people are so starved in our world for, you know, God-based principles. Because you're not seeing it. They get nothing out of the school system. Or or Hollywood. It's so rare 
that somebody says, you know, even this podcast is name, I'm unashamed. Yeah, the I, biggest, I'm not ashamed that I'm going to heaven and going to live forever and want people to go well, with why me. Why wouldn't I talk about Al, it? the I'm biggest applause it. I got during the whole thing, except right at the end, of course, they all, you know, they were already standing. But uh, but the biggest applause I got, and I was surprised, I said, why don't we just try, based on what I'm seeing and y'all are looking at, via the internet and what other vile thing you're looking at. I said, why don't we just try loving God and loving each other? What in the world could be wrong with it? Look, they roared. Young people in the state of Texas roared like, yeah, why don't we just try loving God and loving each other? I said, what's the downside to that? That was the biggest applause. I took that to heart thinking, you know, these young folks here, they may they may get it. Well, you know what I love? <clears throat> love about I felt better having talked to them about Texans is they love Texas. I mean, they love. Yeah, their, there's a pride. There. There's a pride there, and uh, so when I go to Texas, my opening line is always, "I say I hear that in Texas, you guys have in your state constitution that if you ever deem it necessary, you can vote yourselves to become your own country, the country of Texas." Yeah. Of course, when I say that, I just hit the nerve. You know, yeah, they're like, yeah. "Yeah, everybody cheers." I said, well, look, I got an idea because, you know, things are getting pretty bad. You know, the world's getting to be a scary place. we got all kind of radicals running around. I said, if that day comes sooner rather than later, I'm speaking on behalf of the people of Louisiana. We want to come with you, and we want to be Texiana. (laughs) We want to join forces. I said, we'll bring the food because, you know, and the music because we got that. You guys got the Texas pride. And then everybody cheers. And then at the end, my my outline is I say – and we're going to leave Oklahoma and Arkansas to fend for themselves. Because <laughs> Texas people, you know, in Oklahoma, they got the right. So it's like, whatever I go there, that audience is mine. Well, I'll you tell know? you this. I moved Virginia way up in the batting order of states that I've enjoyed based on that. There was two things that I thought stood out to me on this trip. One of them's disturbing. But number one is the amount of African-Americans that were in line that and because the guy who I was, you know, who put all this on together, he's like, this is so strange to me to see different races of people in this line. And they're just as excited. This, Boy, they ought to see us on Sunday morning. <laughs> They'd really love that. Well, this <laughs> conversation happened because there was a guy in line who was a, uh, he worked for the airlines or whatever. But he said, where'd y'all eat last night? Well, we went to this place called the Iron Horse, which I'm giving them free advertisement. But let me tell you something. It was awesome. It was, was, it? It was good. Good food. I met everybody Iron there. Iron Horse. What kind of food was it? Oh, it was steaks oh, and yeah. seafood. And, you know, but they had they seasoned their food, which is weird. You know, once you leave Louisiana, you just left the seasoning. But uh, it, was, it, was, it was fantastic. But this guy, he's like, man, he's like, well, you need, I need to take you down to Lee's, you know, the best fried chicken in the world, you know. And uh, I was like, well, do they let, you know, white people in there? And he's like, no. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't say it like it's a racial thing. He's just like, you know, everybody there is, you know, African-American. I was like, well, what? He said, they're going to let me in? He's, oh, they let you in there. You inside. And uh, but and so the guy's listening to him invite us. And I was like, well, why? Because they seen the show. He said, oh, no, they, we know you love us. And when he said that, it you know, I didn't really think anything about it. But this guy sitting next to me, oh, that impacted him, you know. And he was like, why Why did he say that? 
And I said, well, and I brought up the podcast, you know. I was like, you know, people that look look at us in our world, they tend to stereotype everybody. They see somebody from the South who hunts, and and they think there's these racial, you know, undertones and all this. I said, but people that know us, they know, you know, we're like, I, I used it since we were at a sporting goods store. I said, we're like deer. I said, you know, the Lord has made us colorblind. I said, like, I, I haven't noticed the amount of African-Americans in line. You did. I didn't notice that. Hmm. I was like, you know, we're at a place in Jesus where we're, we're, we're colorblind. I, I never knew it. And so that leads me to the second thing that was disturbing. The amount of women that were hitting on Cy was insane. <laughs> That's scary. Look, they were, and, and African-Americans, Caucasians, uh, you know, Spanish, it, it didn't matter. They were in love with Cy, and it was too. First, I thought they were kidding, and I thought they're not kidding. <laughs> of course, I did the same thing every time. Now he flirted with them, he hugged them. You know, they were kissing on him, and come here, but, darling. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but he would then say, "But hey, I'm already married. I'm married to a flaming redhead." <laughs> and if red you've ever been, a, yeah, he said, "If you've ever been <laughs> around redheads, you know this: that if I go off with you, I'm gonna feel the fury of that woman." <laughs> So, hey, I appreciate it, but I'm taking. And then every time they would leave, he'd say, what can I say, boys? When you got it, you got it. <laughs> so we have a, a group uh, called NetSuite that uh, basically they have, uh, they have a lot of business management software is what they do. Sweet. Oh, that's way out of my league. Yeah, sweet it's, as in sugar or sweet, sweet no, as in sweet a sweet? Sweet as in a sweet, like a... You know, I'm staying in a suite, S-U-I-T-E. Okay. NetSuite by Oracle uh, is is the group. So basically what they do is they have your finance, your accounting, your orders, you know, all the things that you, you know, basically at Duck Commander in the in the old days, it was Miss K was our NetSuite because mm-hmm. um, she was accounts receivable, accounts payable. Um, How do we survive that? Loan shark, if she, if she were here, she'd tell you that. So – uh, obviously, in today's world, you got to be a little bit more. Um, um, what would you say? A little bit more uh, organized. Organized. There you go. There's our word. So uh, the folks at Oracle have come up with this Net Suite. Uh, it's a great business plan. It's it's good for you, especially small business. I don't got a lot of small businesses out there. So right now, they're offering uh, a free guide: seven key strategies to grow your profits and it's at netsuite.com and jason's so right this there. is any business any business uh especially like small only business. internet business or just no, business, business in general yeah business oh, okay. in general so they give you everything you need to know seven strategies to grow your profits and that's yep. pretty important uh so if you go to netsuite.com slash fill this is how you're going to be able to get your free guide seven key strategies to grow your profits netsuite.com slash fill check it out so look, so I'm mean, speaking of Christine because what happened is the people that watched the show, Christine was not on the show. I mean, she she did a few by little, her choice, she by her choice, right? She didn't want to be on the show, and so they thought Sai was a you know a widower. And yeah. so I mean, all these, well, they still do. I don't think they've yeah, really they haven't figured out. it out. So <clears throat> I'm in Nashville this week, and when Sai was with you, so Christine calls me, his wife, and I answer the phone, and she said. Of course, you get to have to know our Aunt Christine. She's she just like right into the thing. She said, do you know where my husband is? <laughs> I 
I looked. I was Did like, you know he was in Virginia? No, me? I'm in yeah. Nashville, Tennessee. So I was like, uh, "No, Christine, I'm in Nashville." I, I said, "How long has he been missing?" You know, and and she said, "Well, I don't know. I I tried to call Jay. I couldn't get him. You know, so size like gone on a trip." And Christine didn't know. And she said, "Well, I just wanted him to know I got out of the hospital." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you, but he knew hospital? that because when I was with him, he's yeah. I was like, well, she's in the hospital, so you didn't have to go. And he's like, oh no, she'll be all right. You know, he's, you get our age, you go in there. You know. So all right, moving along from Duck Commander stories, uh, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? are you tired of talking about that? Yeah, so I like these blunt transitions. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's, it's just so so so. I wanted to bring savvy. that up because I just wanted to you know thank the crowd for you know supporting this and you know what right. we do here I, I definitely felt the outcry well and we anytime we get that opportunity is great i appreciate dad saying that as well and the folks that come here people come and just kind of turn themselves in you had how many states represented uh last I would couple say of weeks? seven eight states in the last week i've baptized individual california uh, minnesota virginia arizona so yesterday was a was a was a wonderful thing. I mean, the most honest hearts you ever want to run across, and they made the great distance. New Mexico, that was during the week this week, a man and his wife. So I walked down on the river and baptized him in the river, went over the gospel with them, but they were already had been listening to us, and they yeah. said, you know, we just said, let's just go over there. And Yeah, so people reach out. We say, come sure. see us on Sunday. We don't mind. I mean, you're yeah, speaking. I'm preaching you're this speaking. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, at our, and I, at and I preach Ferry, yesterday. So if y'all yeah. want to make the journey. We got a, a guy, Ian, uh, from down south in Covington. He came up a few weeks ago and got baptized. He's coming through this Sunday. He said he's been on fire, you know. For, sure. For now, the for the record, it doesn't matter who baptized you. I no. think First Corinthians 1 says something about that. Right. We try to tell but, them, why don't you just – get someone over there wherever you are a thousand miles away to baptize you it'd be fine you know but they said oh Doesn't we matter. just we just want we just want to meet up mr robin i said hey load yeah. up come on let's it's go fun. well right, look yeah. you get hooked on jesus you work it out and we always walk that fine line it's like so the bible says give honor to those who are due honor i mean so there is a biblical principle that it's okay to honor people but when it's you it feels weird so so dad speaking of that so I'll transition for you, Dad, before we get to this uh, to the text. Um, <clears throat> Dad was recently, um, we were notified that he is going to be inducted into the Louisiana Sports <laughs> yeah. Hall of Fame. Really? Yeah. So I didn't know that. 61st uh, induction. Last year, our old friend, the Mad Hatter, they inducted him yeah, into the Louisiana. Well. And Saban's in there. And he got so excited, he moved to Kansas. That's right. But so it's a lot of like, – so I'm looking at it. Here's the here's the thing they said. So I'm looking in this thing. It's mostly last year Peyton Manning went in. But look, so he goes. He, Archie is there, the thing and all this. So it's a you know, it's a big deal. It's a great honor. And, Dad, you were one of only three people, even though you had a pretty good sports career, high school and college. Went to Louisiana Tech. Right, played football. Brad Shaw was your backup. Yeah. So uh, Brad Shaw's in here too, obviously. So, but dad is one of only three that's really more recognized when you think sports hall of fame for being a sportsman, a hunter, yeah. as much as being, but huh. you, you actually did both. But you actually turned, I mean, you had a promising career and you actually could have pursued that, but you'd rather, you know, it's like what you told me when I asked you when I was a kid, I was like, well, why didn't you keep playing football? And you were like, Hey, they play football during duck season. <laughs> I was right. like, which, my, my heart. <laughs> 
my heart was just not in it. Right. I mean, I had the talent. You had the ability. The talent without the heart. Right. Well, you have to have both if you're going to pursue that. Plus, they weren't shaking tens and tens of millions of dollars to play in those days in the 60s. Right. They, 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 you know, if you so made, Bradshaw, if you made a hundred grand a year, you, you, Bradshaw you, was the number one draft pick in '71, I think, mm-hmm. and his bonus for being the number one draft pick was a hundred grand. Is what he told us that night. Made it, yeah, and pa- he it, paid out over ten, 10 years. years. <laughs> as 10 great th- as he was, you wait, say the wait. big bucks. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is the lure of it, the the big bucks. It was just play the game without the big bucks. Well, if somebody had come along and said, probably, you know, if you do well here, you get a signing bond or whatever, and you make $10, 15000000 million a year, uh, I mean, that's on the low end. Right. I'm thinking, hmm. So I you probably, didn't have I the I probably lure. would have tried it. Just it, for the money. If it had been that kind of money floating right. around. But like I, it is now. Yeah. So our good friends at Keeps uh, are reminding us that we don't want to lose our hair. Um, I saw a guy at church Sunday. He had an impressive beard. Um, no hair on top. No hair on top. Completely mm-hmm. bald. And I was telling him about Keeps. I was like, well, you may be too far along. I don't, so, because he's having to shave his head. And he said, yeah, I'm trying to come up with a product where I don't have any hair grow out. And I said, well, I, I don't know about that. Because people are going too extreme. Yeah. They're either going. He had the full beard, with his, but he yeah. was bald headed. Or they go bald headed. Right. Because it's like, you don't want to be caught in between. That's why company like this so this works. is to catch a little bit early uh basically uh there's a there's a uh dht is what it's called uh and it's and it's a hormone and so they found some meds that will kind of get that going there's a generic version that's what the guys at keeps have done uh so you're starting to lose that hair right in the middle it helps you grow it back i'm going to try it myself so i'll let you know uh, whether it works or not because i got a little ball spot coming up so if you uh, if you go to keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S.com, slash door, slash door, D-O-O-R. Just like the doorway Just to like the doorway hair to growth. hair. That's right. Keeps.com, slash door. You're going to get 50% off your first order. You get a free online doctor consult. Check it out. Keeps.com, slash door. Well, so so what's interesting, Dad, is that so I, didn't I really... made a. By the way, y'all are my sons, and I raise you. Uh, looking back, uh, as far as my spiritual well-being, I made the right call. Oh yeah. Oh no, no doubt, doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt. Because you may not have ever. I love been... football, but I mean, my my heart is just not make a livelihood. I chose not to do that. So you played in an era in the late 60s. There was a little bit of TV, but not much. I mean, it was pre-TV era like it is now. So we didn't – I never really knew how good you were. I assumed because you were starting to have a Bradshaw, you were good. So during the show, the assistant athletic director at the University of Alabama, which is kind of funny, we're such big LSU fans, they were huge fans of the show. And so he reached out to me. He said, hey, I got something I want to send you. I want you to show your dad. And I said, well, sure, what is it? And he said, uh, "It's a it's the game film, and they've colorized it. They, you know, Alabama, you know, made it big, and uh, of him playing against Alabama in 1966. Yeah, I, I think. watched it. I did too. Kenny, so, Kenny the Snake Stabler was Stabler, their quarterback, and they yeah. won a national championship. Bear Bryant, by the way, right. So he sends me that. I bring it down here to you, and we watch. You and I watched it together, and of course, it's really great because they colorized it, and I mean, you get all these angles." 
But I was stunned at how good Dad was. Like his his well, release was it, amazing. It, but it was more. I mean, you're six. You're six four, two thirty, and are, are athletic. When you think about today's athletes, that's what you have to be. You know, I, we've met enough. Oh yeah, uh, professional athletes. Yeah, I mean, you're just big, big bone. And if you're athletic and can move, well, you're 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 gonna make it. You know, I mean, you always talked about your arm, but I was just looking at you thinking, oh no, I get it. Yeah. If you're six four, two thirty, and can take off running without falling down every five steps, you know, <laughs> and you have an arm, oh no, you're, and that's the way it looked. That's what stood out to me. Yeah. You're a very athletic quarterback in a day. And by the way, Dad passed for like two hundred and twenty yards against Alabama, who won a national championship that year. And Bear Bryant even mentioned you the next day. Of course, he didn't. He didn't mention my name. He said number ten. That number ten, he only called people by their number, mm-hmm. which I thought. But was if you'd have had the zone read back then, oh my goodness! Oh, you would have just dominated, right? Because I noticed you look like one of the more bigger. Because the linemen look like they're two fifty. I mean, they if weren't that. that much bigger than someone. You. Someone asked me one time. They said, "When y'all played Alabama, what was that like?" I said, "Well, when the ball was snapped, I said it sounded like a clap of thunder." When they hit your guy, when the when the ball hit my hands, it was like a clap of thunder, man mano we mano, man to man, kaboom! It was it was loud. Well, trust me, I saw the film. Your men went backwards. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, there, there was a red. I've never seen. I mean, I, I felt sorry for you. Running from my life. <laughs> yeah. As they were coming at me from every direction, screaming like wild, crazy. It man. came across in the film. Yeah. Oh, you were did. literally you just maybe that's running your for your life. You should have been there. It's like listening to thundering hooves with a bunch of cattle, and they're all after me. And boy, they, when they caught me, they ripped me. To, they told me I threw some interceptions because you know, I was amazed yeah, too. Your your receivers drop ball. Oh, hit them right in the hands. Oh, it, yeah. it was depressing. So here, so here's what's interesting, Dad. So that's a, and we're honored, obviously, by this. It's a it's a great honor uh, to. I mean, give honor to whom honor is due. Hunting I, ducks, to put it bluntly, is a lot more fun. Yeah. And, and and a lot less dangerous. I'm right? sorry. I just would be on the bus going to a football game, and I would be looking out the window, and we would go through those big creek bottoms if we were driving from Louisiana over to Mississippi or whatever. And a big, you know. Big, just big, your heart wasn't it. I mean, and, and I just would yeah. look at those woods, and I'm thinking, what in the world am I doing right along here? All right, so as a jock, so I, I got, said, I so just, I got to tell the story, Dad. So, so dude, about if you don't finish this story, we're going to be done. Hurry up, or we won't even have any no, Bible no, no, verses we're, we're today. Good, we're good, we're good. So, about five years ago, this is all going to tie together. Five years ago, we get a call from Louisiana Tech, and and you really haven't had much to do. You've been down here hunting, building a business, preaching to people. So we get a call. Never been back. To- never been back. So we get a call. And they're like, look, Bradshaw's going to be here. We want to recognize you both. And you didn't want to do it. You were like, ah. I said, well, you know, Bradshaw is asking. He wants to interview you for Fox Sports. Because they were, they were televising that game. Joe Montana's son was playing for Tulane. That's who they were playing. So I taught you into going. You didn't want to go. Just full disclosure here. So we go. And I thought it was just going to be that. Well, we're up in the coach's office in um, – which is uh, Lou Holtz's son is the coach there. And so we're up in the office and Bradshaw and dad are signing stuff. And it was really great because first time really you'd had contact with him in sure. many, many years. And they're talking about it. Just two old country boys from Louisiana made it big. Him and doing what he does. You doing what you do. 
And so they're telling stories. And so then the, the president of the university comes in. Of course, all the president's men, you know, they come in, they got their suits on. And so they tell, so they kind of got everybody's attention. I'd never carried on a conversation with the top dogs at the university prior to this point. So they come in to this office, it gets quiet, and the president informs dad and us and Bradshaw that dad is being honored as the 2014 alumnus of the year. So, which puts you in the Alumni Hall of Fame. <laughs> so, so, Dad, Dad's standing there, and, the, you know, the president's talking, and everybody claps, you know. And so, everybody kind of looks to Dad, like, to accept this honor. Well, you got to give your speech. Right. So, Dad, who doesn't know about it? None of us do. So, Dad looks over at me. And, Jace, you know Dad well enough to know. Like, he's he was addressing them. But he yeah. was, but he was looking. Phil's done that his whole life. So this he's was looking at you talking to me. But it's a confrontation. Yeah. <laughs> but he's looking away. So he looks at me, cigar store Indian face. I mean, and he says, "Al, you remember we used to fish the Washita River?" And they got like just instantly quiet. <laughs> and I was, I knew, I was like, "Oh crap, this is gonna be bad." So he said, "We were getting thirty cents a pound for buffalo. You remember that?" Yeah, Dad, I remember that. 70 cents for catfish. 70 cents for catfish. Tubs of fish going up the hill, going in to get the duck call business started. You remember that, Al? So now it's getting awkward. It's getting awkward. Everybody's like, where's he going with this? He says, nobody from Louisiana Tech University ever called me and talked to me about anything other than they thought I was some kind of idiot. <laughs> With two degrees, so he said all this. So the look on their face is like they're they're shot, but they're like they're thinking whoever had the idea to honor this clown, <laughs> somebody needs in the president's entourage was sweating because they were thinking, oh no, this is abort, abort. So then, <laughs> so you said it. Here's what you said. I'll never forget this. He's, you said, but now I'm on a hit television show. And all of a sudden, I went from an idiot to a genius in 40 years. What do you think about that, Al? He's doing the whole thing to me, and I'm looking at him just like, "Where? how do we get out of this? You know, yeah. we're, we're trapped. So Bradshaw starts laughing big, which allowed everybody to laugh. So then they thought, oh, this is like a joke. And Bradshaw says, Phil, they don't care about any of all that. They just want a big fat check. You got money now. Don't you know how this thing works? Well, then they look mortified. All their little guys were coming back to us. That's not what this was about. We we, we weren't trying but to But kind of in a way. It is. It is. It is. About. They're like, hey, help us out here. Phil, we, wanna, we want you to become oh, a booster. Oh, the twists and turns of life. <laughs> so anyway... Look, so but it's a great university. I it is. Them. It is. But they honored Bradshaw, Bradshaw is one of the best dudes you ever want to run across. But you right. brought up yesterday a key point. They honored the uh, on the Louisiana Hall of Fame or whatever that's called. But you brought that point up yesterday when you spoke yeah. at our church that Phil, you were the only one that you know they had their accomplishments or or their it's description it's accolades. accolades. And they had what what was it? it said, here's what it says, Dad. So there's it's hanging in the in the Louisiana Tech Alumni Hall so of Fame. So I made the wall. Oh, there's a wall. And uh, look, the university goes back 1860, so there's a lot of people on the wall. I didn't know but that. But get every, to what it says. Every this year, is the key. they put it I in there. I have no idea. So glad he's gone. Or... <laughs> so look, I'm looking, I'm reading, man, business, sports. I mean, you got all these accolades. I look at yours, which you no one looked like you. 
Everybody else was shocker suit. Nice, you know their picture. All right, Captain you, Obvious. You, you know you had the best out of the beer. <laughs> I bet that worked on a weird. So here's what bit. it said. Huh. It said duck hunting icon, which if you're called the duck commander, I, that's a fair. Then it said television personality, which let's face it, you wouldn't be on the wall if you hadn't. Iffy, them. but okay. And then it says servant of Christ. Servant of Christ. So you. Bill Robertson are the only alumnus in the uh, Tech Alumni Hall of Fame that mentioned the name of Jesus Christ. It's I because, was shocked. It's because if they reel back some time and saw the way I lived while I was at Louisiana Tech, the last thing they would have ever concluded he'll turn out to be a servant of Christ. They probably thought, you but know, the fact that son they put, of the devil yeah. himself. Yeah. But the fact that they put that put that on there they, shows that they noticed. So I, right. I took that as a positive. Yeah, thing. and I helped. I helped them notice, but but you know what I'm saying is here's my point. So the whole I tell the whole thing to say this: you, Dad, you don't want to be honored. No, you don't. I mean, it's never been your thing. No. That's why you kind of tend to run away from stuff like that. But it's that's important. The, uh, that's the only time, by the way, I've ever been back to Louisiana Tech. Is right what you're talking about? Exactly. But what's important is that everybody that comes in there because people know who you are. Everybody that goes to Louisiana Tech University. They say, Phil Ross, oh, yeah, Duck Dynasty. I mean, they immediately know who you are. But when they see that you're honoring Christ, then it's worth it. I mean, you know what I'm saying is even yeah. if you get honor, as long as you Very honor it back so. to Christ, you're, you know, that's, that's what much we're so. supposed to do. That goes into the whole reason why I appreciate why for them doing that. Yeah, me too. I mean, we're sitting here for that reason. This, that's right. It's more about what we discovered in here, which this book led to a person. That's right. So last time we talked about faith and we talked about it, we talked a lot about Jan and sort of her role and influence and how that kind of plays its way out. When in our story where we kind of left off was the children of Israel, you know, now they're out there, they were at the mountain. We talked about that before law, all these terrible things. But the thing I noticed about them, that's really interesting. And the same thing happens today is how quickly they lost their faith. Yep. I mean, like they would see amazing Things. I mean, Moses is showing them some amazing things. God's doing things. He's sending food out of the sky. They go out and pick up bread every day. I mean, you know, this is an amazing time to be alive and be a believer. And yet it seemed like you you turn two pages in Exodus and then they're like, we want to go back. We, you know, we're, we're, we're hungry. We're not eating the right stuff. We're, you know, we're grumbling and complaining. So th- the question I want to ask y'all today is why is it, that people have a lack of faith. And what, and what do you see in that when you start to see a person waver? What are some of the things you sort of see I in mean, their I life? I mean, I look at it like, I mean, because none of us want to lose our faith. you did say all these terrible things, but it was, the, I mean, the law is good. It, it was all intended, everything that was intended through God. I mean, he was trying to set up this idea that he wanted to be with people. And when you do that, there are expectations. But it always comes back to the same thing is this struggle versus this temporary happiness versus this long term, eternal, unseen joy. And life is tough. It's full of ups and downs. I mean, you just think about how many times you've gone, you know, and had this spiritual high at a worship service or a camp experience or some kind of conference. And boy, you're ready to set the world on fire. And then the next day you have one of these days where literally nothing goes right 
and you struggle and the next thing you know you're griping and complaining you're having a knockdown drag out with your wife and then your kid gets in trouble and you're just and all of a sudden you know you don't have any money and the bills are and you're just like well what how where's this god now Mm -hmm. you know and i just think that struggle is shown there but it's no different than what we go through and we're on the side of grace we we have no excuse three little texts one of them is when when jesus struck saul of tarsus down on the road of damascus he said who are you paul saul at that time who are you he said i'm jesus whom you're persecuting get up and stand on your feet now listen to this i've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you've seen of me and what I will show you. Now, this is a personal confrontation between the Son of God and a Jewish guy. I will rescue you from your own people, the Jews, and from the Gentiles. Now, here's his marching orders. I am sending you to open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, so that, here's the reward, they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. He's talking to a king, Agrippa. And verse 19 says, this is Acts 26, 19, first to those in Damascus, that's where he started, the road to Syria, then to those in Jerusalem and in all Judea, And to the Gentile, everywhere I go, he said, I preached that here's the, when you say, how come the Israelites were so quick to turn away from God, start worshiping the golden calf and all and grumbling and complaining? The apostle Paul said, I preached that they should repent, turn to God. And the third thing is, and here's where the Israelites was having some problems and prove their repentance by their deeds. That's the tough part. Well, you go from there to Romans chapter 2, verse 6. God will give to each person according to what he's done. To those who by persistence in doing good, you say, what did he encapsulate the entire thing? When the Israelites, every time they went astray, you say, what was their problem? They just forgot to get up in the morning and do good. Because hmm. watch, those who by persistence in doing good, so it takes a change of mind, a heart. And you, that you see so few in the Old Testament to come out of there who had this quality. Mm-hmm. For the ones who by persistence in doing good, they seek while they're on the earth, glory, honor, and immortality, the reward, he'll give eternal life. Just get up and do good, persistently do good. Duh. So watch. But for those who are self-seeking, it was the Israelites when the law was given, the self-seekers, fast forward all the way into modern-day America, you say they just get tangled up in what they want. They grumble and they complain and the food and this. and You say they're just not content Right. By just because doing there's good always two. and relying on God taking care of them. They That's said, right. no, we'll. So watch how this ends. For those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. 
There will be trouble. This is worldwide ever since God made the earth and put humans on it. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, but glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. Well, you just add those two texts together and you say, how hard can it be? But I've just noticed people we've converted in by the droves. You say, what's the hardest thing for them to grasp? Live a life of faith and prove your repentance and the confession you made, Jesus is Lord. Put that into practice. I wanted to bring up 2 Corinthians 3 because that's what I base my you know what I said about the temporary versus eternal, which Phil was like the selfish rather than unselfish. Right. But Second Corinthians three, really four, five, and six, you know those chapters, because he he compares the new covenant to the old covenant. You know he starts talking about Moses in chapter three, verse seven. He says, "If the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory." You know, like on the mountain that said there was mm-hmm. such a glorious happening. So that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory fading through it. The, the uh, Fading though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? And you know where he gets to. He gets to in the end of that chapter saying, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The Spirit, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we are who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. I mean, here you have this this relation from the old to the new, but the same thing was trying to be accomplished, which is a presence and a relationship with God, right. with, with people. And so then he gets to four, five, and six, and he basically talks about that struggle. What I mentioned when he said, outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory. So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen. But he understood that's always going to be a struggle no matter which covenant you are in, this daily battle. And he gets to chapter five, we're a new creation. We're he, despite our flaws and despite this struggle, we're representing him right. on earth. I mean, it's just incredible that he's acknowledging, look, I'm going to use you despite the flaws, embrace the struggle, even though it's real. Th- this is what we're doing. And so Paul- Apostle Paul had it, had it best. You say, well, why didn't the Jewish people just do better under the law? They had the strict code. What's this? This is Romans 7. The law is holy. So we are, everyone needs to remember there's nothing wrong with bowing down to God and him only. Oh, not, that's not right. Mi- not misusing his name. Just like right. you do with your kids. Children, obey your yeah. father and mother. Don't murder. Don't right. commit adultery. Don't lie, steal, or, or covet. You say, well, that's a great code to live by. What's this? So then the law is holy and the commandment is holy. This is Romans 7 if you're keeping up here about verse 12. Is holy, righteous, and good. All those commands, think about if everybody just lived, just obeyed them. But even the concept of don't put your hand on a burning stove, you tell your kid, well, that's a rule. You know why? 
but it's going to hurt you yeah. if you do. Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. But in order that sin might be recognized as sin, why would God give them a strict code? He wanted them to realize, even if I write it down and you have it to fulfill, you still won't do it. Watch. It produced death in me through what was good, so that through the commandment, all this code that Moses received on Mount Sinai, sin might become utterly sinful. Here's the bottom line. We know that the law is spiritual. What a great code. And if the world kept it, can you imagine what kind of world we would have? There would be no murders. There would be no adultery. There would be no stealing. There would, you talk about a great place to live. There's just 10 of them. You think, well, what in the world? Watch. The law is spiritual. Nothing wrong with the law. But I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. Mm, Aha. Here's the problem. It's not the law. It's not the code. That, uh, we've met the enemy, Al, right. and it be us. That's right. And <laughs> well, that's, and what religious people is, they elevate the code over people. So some people. That's why you get legalism. That's why you get people judging other people. But look, I'm going to give you. A, you are a right on target. It's got to be what's unseen because when Paul tells that he's he's talking about the glory of Moses. When Moses was having this interaction, when he was getting the law, just being close to this proximity, how God was revealing Himself to him, he came out glowing, like oh, that's right, like a Christmas. And tree. look, I'm going to make a weird analogy, but the reason these women are drawn to sight because there was an African American woman. She's like, there's just something. Because I was like, what is wrong with you? You know, we <laughs> what is wrong with a woman in America? She's like, there's just something in him that that is so appealing, you know, inside. And, uh, you know, it made me realize, well, you know what that is? Because Sai, as insane as he is, and as funny as he is, and as, you know, all the antics, we all know Sai better than the world. And look, deep down under all that is a really good heart. Oh, he's, he a, he's, spirit, a, he's a genuine, he's very a, genuine a genuine lover of God in his heart and soul as anybody I've ever been around in my life. Here's and so a, that's the appeal is no. what's unseen is the Holy Spirit. That's what's right. the whole appeal with while we were in Virginia and while you're in Texas? I mean, look at us. We've let ourselves go, you know, to a place that's scary. And you're like, well, what is the appeal? It's like I was trying to explain to that guy sitting next to me. He's like, why, why, why are you bringing people together? I'm like, it's the unseen spirit of God. Yeah. Here's the greatest thing for a human being to grasp. Are y'all listening? You said, well, what could it be? The way this works is if you observe human beings, the ones who know they are forgiven of every mistake they've ever made. Like in Colossians, they're, because of Jesus' physical body on a cross, they're without blemish, they're, they're holy, they're free from accusation. They are completely and utterly freed from Satan and sin and the guilt of it all. Al, it's that group right there. They'll be quick to forgive others. All right. Once you know you've been forgiven, you will let people curse you. It doesn't bother you. You say, hey, just think about it. You won't get mad at them. You, you'll, you'll cut them some slack. You'll, you'll be forgiving. Once you know you've been forgiven of all of your mistakes. Right. Because the ones who struggle with it and the Jews, yeah. you got to remember, Al, 
The law was just keep it or die, but there was nothing there to really change the heart. I mean, right. now once I, the Spirit of God yeah. you're given, when right. you put your faith in Jesus, you know, and you're baptized, you're like, well, you once, have the greatest love flowing through you. I know we got to quit, but I'm on my what I'm going to preach on this Sunday is a, uh, you know, the DNA of God, which is you know, light and life and love. But that love, when you think about it, uh, you know, wrath and mercy came later because before there were any people, that that wasn't there. But there was one thing that was there, love. That's why in Ephesians where it said, in love he predetermined, he predestined us. And that kind of unconditional love, you know, as a fabric of who God is, you know, he does it decide to love or he think about love. he just is love it, it's been it. there all along think well that's it. what's flowing through you is my point the fruit of the spirit's love look here's jesus on a cross he's been he's at the point of death they've murdered him he's barely gasping for air they've nailed him to a tree for crying out loud thorns on his head he's, for nothing for nothing never made a mistake final words you, you are shocked to hear him say, what did he say when he said, forgive them? They don't know what they're doing. Right. So that right there is the difference between law and grace. Right. You say in grace, you look at your sins, you say, I wonder how many I've committed when Jesus, they no, you went, made the oh you, no, you made the point. I think Al needs to lead an invitation song. <laughs> well, when Peter said, <laughs> "How many times, Lord, do we forgive him?" and he went big seven. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> said seventy times seven. Count yours up and see how many it's been. Well, once you understand, you say, "Good night." I've sinned hundreds of times. Yeah, well, his say, point was seventy times seven times seven trillion. (laughs) So all of these hundreds of sins and then we're having trouble forgiving each other and we're grumbling against our brother after about the third mistake he makes. You're like, come on. So it again proves the point of why would you study Jewish history? And the reason why is because the New Testament was written, written by a bunch of Jews and one Gentile. And it's about change lives, change behaviors, change everything. So, because of the character of God. That's exactly right. So we studied all the way through. That's what we're trying to do on the podcast. We want you to know why we're unashamed. And the best way to do that is to learn exactly what the Word of God says. So uh, appreciate you being here. Unashamed uh, podcast. Be sure and uh, and go check us out. Let other people know about it. A lot of people are listening and watching. We run into people all over the country. Where'd you get this shirt? Yeah, what about that? Well, I didn't get one. Phil yeah. needs one. Yeah, Phil, I know that shirt's clean, but it oh, looks dirty. Uh, no, that's that's. I've, I hadn't had it on for two days. <laughs> Get up and do good. Persistently do good. You say that's the way to roll. All Get right, up in the morning. Persistently do. So good. check it out. Jace pointed out. Uh, if you go to Blaze TV, I'm sure you can find some merch there: coffee cups and shirts and hats and whatnot. Uh, if you want to let other people know about unashamed, so good out there, Jace. Advertising. I didn't notice it. That's... I know. Yeah. Wasn't planned. It's what we do. We are so glad you're watching and listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Be sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. That's going to keep you up to date with all the new episodes. And it's also going to let other people find out about our podcast. So keep spreading the word and watching and listening to Unashamed with Phil Robertson.